Are you ready to record this for the millionth in five trillionth time? Yes, and I'm I'm just gonna go with it, and we're just gonna have to keep our rambles to ourselves because. <laughs> But before we get into the story, we have to do a shout out. Shout out to our newest Patreon who joined a few weeks ago, Alyssa. Named Alyssa. Thanks, Alyssa. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You should be receiving your thank you card and your gift goodies gifts for being one of the five to join during our little little extra giveaway thank you so much for joining if anybody else would like to join our patreon get bonus content get a bonus goodness go over to patreon slash the crimes we're into or just go to our facebook and click the link it'll take you over there and you just choose a tier that fits you And just show us some love. Show us love. All the love. All right, Tamara. Are you ready? Yes. All right. So today we are going back to Murder Beach because we are going to be talking about Brittany Drexel. And as Murder Beach, I mean Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Yeah. So, what, our first story we ever done was in Myrtle Beach? First story, yes, was in Myrtle Beach. All right. So, Brittany was born October 7th, 1991 in Rochester, New York. Her mother, Dawn, married Chad, who adopted Brittany shortly after she was born. Brittany wanted to have a career in either nursing or cosmetology like most teenagers do. Mine was cosmetology, and I was a beauty school dropout because I ain't touching no feet. Mm, no, mine was either going to be no. cosmetology or probably because I did crazy stuff with my hair all the time. I had pink and blue and all kinds of colors, and oh, I did green too once. But or time to do cheetah on your hair. Yes, it does not turn out right. No. If you don't want your hair to fall out in bleach spots, don't do it. And then the other job that I wanted to be was to be a detective or a crime scene investigator. I kind of went into that field of a bondsman, and now I am a podcast detective. (laughs) Anyways, Don and Chad separated in 2008, which was not easy for Brittany. Her grades were affected and also aggravated her depression she had. She remained with her mother, but kept in close contact with Chad. In April 2009, she asked her mom if she can go to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, over spring break with some of her older friends. Her mother refused. Since <laughs> her mother refused, since she did not know the other teenagers, and there will be no adults going on the trip. This led into an argument between her and her mom for several days. 
On April 22nd, Brittany asked if she could go to her friend's house for a day or two to calm down. Don agreed and let her go. That's where you done messed up, Don. Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. win an argument with your daughter, you say no. Stay in your room. Don't come out. Don't even no, look at me. because they're going to crawl out the window. And- <laughs> let me know your windows and put some bars up. And crawl out the window at two years old. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) We done pull up at the park behind the window. (laughs) Yeah. And he was going to go hang out with some older friends of his. Mm -hmm. Some bad little kids influencing my my two-year-old to go crawling out the window. Yeah. Hmm. Forgot all about that. I'll never forget. Today's episode is presented by Sweat Connect. Sweat Connect is changing the way we work out. Their mission is to help you feel the best. Each expert instructor brings their own signature method directly to you wherever you are via Zoom. So when you take a class, you're going to be able to interact with your instructor, with the classmates, and it's not going to be like the TV that I've been doing for the last couple of days where she's like, oh, you're doing great. I'm like sitting on the couch, like trying to catch my breath. You're going to be able to interact with the people in your class, whether it's your first time going to a Sweat Connect class or your hundredth million time. You're going to love it. I have a class scheduled for next week that I'm looking forward to. So... If you want a 50% off your first class, which I know you do, make sure you go to Sweat Connect, use our promo code POD, and you're going to receive 50% off your first class. So go to Sweat Connect, use POD, and get your workout on. Sweat Connect is for all levels, all ages, all sizes, all types of fun. But it's a workout, but it's fun. So make sure you go check it out. Maybe we can join a workout class together and have some fun, you guys. Well, Brittany left for South Carolina without telling her mother. Three days later, Brittany called her mother once they arrived in Murder Beach. The group of girls were staying at Bar Harbor Hotel. She told her mother that she was at the beach. Dawn was not mad. She assumed that Brittany had been referring to a beach around Lake Ontario. It's like, Mom, I'm at the beach. Just not going to tell you which one I'm at. Yeah, well, that should have raised red flags when she just got in an argument about wanting to go to the beach. And her mom said no. So she was like, Hey, I'm, I'm at gonna the go beach. stay with some friends, and then she's like, "Okay," and then, "Hey, I'm at the beach." Okay, no, yep. Props to her for telling her she's at the beach, but no. Should have said in South Carolina, thirteen hours away from you, Mom. That beach. What you gonna do now? <laughs> For the next couple of days, Brittany kept in touch with her boyfriend, John, back home and tells him all about her trip. 
She and her friends were staying at a hotel on the beach. The things that we do for you listeners. The things that we do. (laughs) Yeah, I'm super tired. Um, She and her friends are staying at the hotel on the beach and are visiting the local bars at night. Some bars here in South Carolina let underage kids in, but they put a black Sharpie X on your hand showing you're under 21 and for the bar not to serve you drinks. But I'm pretty sure you still have to be 18. They said on a documentary, I think it was Discovery, said, and I don't know because I never bar hopped in Myrtle Beach I don't think I've ever been at a I take that back that one daiquiri place that we got Anthony to drink like a drink at that had like the daiquiri bar the slushy yeah the that, one where I came to Myrtle yeah, Beach like the one night and then left and then yeah. came back like two days later <laughs> yeah so that's probably the only bar that I've ever been to in Myrtle Beach Unless you can't sing your frogs. But we ate it's there and left before it turned into a club. So, I mean, that's the only one because none of them really appeal to me. But anyways, back to my no. story. Is the documentary said, and I feel like I should know more than the documentary because I'm from South Carolina. But they said 16 down there in Myrtle Beach. It's Myrtle Beach. They probably don't care. They said that they would let people 16 and older get into clubs, where I think where we live is 18. Anyways, regardless of the age, but on the second full day of the trip, Brittany texts to John, start to change. Instead of raving about how much fun she is having, she starts to tell him about how she's feeling alone. The other kids are using drugs, something Brittany apparently did not want to be a part of. I was about to say, you're not going to do your little clap to clap like you always do. <laughs> oh, you've been fussing at me the last couple of times. They can't see you. Well, they can't, but if you <laughs> didn't do it, then I'll have to fuss at you because you're not proud of her after the hundredth time. I am. I'm proud that she did not want to do the drugs with the other bad kids. The next day, Brittany decides to meet up with a guy named Peter that she has known back from home who is staying at the Blue Water Resort about a mile away from Brittany. She takes a pair of shorts from one of the other girls and she texts John while she's walking to the other hotel. So just so you know, I know these are your notes that you put in parentheses, but when I went back in my senior year and I'm pretty sure it was around the same time, right? That all this is going on. This happened in 2009. Okay. Even though it happened in 2009, in 2011, it was sketchy to just walk around. And I would never, (laughs) never walk by myself. But that's just the... When I went in like 2006, I graduated in six. So... Four three ish. Four three ish. <laughs> four, four three ish. Two thousand three, two thousand four ish. When I went, it was sketched. Then there was certain hotels that you would just kind of like 
have a quick little jog running in front of. Yeah, that's the like, whole hotel itself just made you want to run. Yeah, it's like nobody there. It's just the hotel gave that appearance of run, chick, run. Yeah. It, it's like one of them stories you'll see on um, missing mysterious um, mystery. I, I don't even know what I'm Unsolved talking mysteries. about. Mysteries. Yeah. But she tells him that she is still not having a good time and that she can't wait to be home the next day. Shortly after she gets to Peter's hotel, Brittany's friend texts her and tells her that she wants her shorts back. Brittany is pissed that she has to walk all the way back and texts John about it as she is walking back to her hotel. The texting continues for a little bit, but suddenly Brittany stops responding. John starts to grow concerned after not being able to get a hold of her. He breaks down and calls her mother to tell her that he can't get a hold of her and that she was in Myrtle Beach. Don called her ex-husband and the Rochester police, that hoping that they could communicate with South Carolina. The next morning, Brittany's family and boyfriend drove 13 hours down to Myrtle Beach to look for her. They repeatedly call, tried calling her and texting her phone, but no answer. I don't think I could wait till the next morning. I think once I found out that adrenaline, like, I would have to leave right then. Yeah. And then if you wasn't ready and in my car by the time that I got my stuff back, you finding y'all way down there. Yeah. You don't know how many times, like, I waited on people and they weren't ready and I just leave. <laughs> Like, I have you no know better with me. Huh? I said, because you know better than to do that with me. Well, you don't really just lag around. I know. I mean, in this one person in particular, I'm not friends with anyone more, so. Mm, okay, I can see that. Anyways, the police. What? I said back to old Brittany. The police were able to pin down a time based on Brittany's cell phone activity and video surveillances on the street of Myrtle Beach. This is the timeline of Brittany's last knowing activity. 8.15 p.m., Brittany was seen on surveillance, walking down the street, texting while on her way to Peter's hotel. She was wearing a black and white tank top, flip-flops, and shorts, carrying a beige purse. At 8.48 p.m., Brittany is seen on video surveillance leaving Peter's hotel. According to him, she leaves the hotel after receiving a text from her friend whose shorts she had borrowed. At 8.58, Brittany sends a text to her boyfriend telling him that she is going to pack and probably go to bed once she returns to her hotel. He texts back, why? She never responds. This is the last outbound activity on Brittany's cell phone. At 9.03 p.m., a traffic surveillance camera should have captured video of Brittany's walking, but it appears that Brittany never made it this far. Somewhere between her leaving the hotel at 8.48 p.m. and when she should have arrived at the traffic camera, Brittany's disappearance. At 9.27 p.m., Brittany's cell phone pings a cell tower in Surfside Beach about seven miles 
South at 11.58 p.m., Brittany's cell phone pings a cell tower about 50 miles south of Myrtle Beach near Georgetown County. This is the last time her cell phone pings, meaning that either her phone was shut off or the battery had been taken out. All signs point to abduction. Judging by the cell phone pings, Brittany seems to have been transported by a vehicle to where her phone last pinged 50 miles south of Myrtle Beach. So, the Myrtle Beach police began looking for Brittany the next morning. They located security cameras, footages from the Blue Water Resort, and found the friends she had visited. Peter, a 20-year-old nightclub promoter that Brittany knew from Rochester area, who was also vacationing in Myrtle Beach, they had apparently met at a nightclub the night before. After police interview. Peter and the guy sharing a room with him, they said that no one had been ruled in or out and that they did not have any person of interest. Police searched her hotel room. They found all of her clothes she had packed, but her purse or cell phone. The phone network pings were tracked in a path leading 50, 60 miles south of Myrtle Beach, near the Georgetown, Charleston County line. The ping had stopped abruptly on the morning of April 26th, areas near there around Myrtle Beach and where a body might have been disposed. What? It's basically the cop said, here's an area that bodies might be disposed of and are disposed of and they searched that area for 11 days okay because i i don't know if i said that wrong or if it just didn't make sense to me or if i'm just that tired or what yeah but if you know you have areas that bodies are dumped there all the time shouldn't you have something to where it would prevent bodies from being dumped there you would think Mm, yeah or security or cameras or something yeah but it's just like what town has like a oh yeah well we have tons of bodies that are dumped here all the time let's just go start here and search yeah murder beach beach. for you (laughs) don eventually moved down here permanently to be close to where Brittany had last been seen and help monitor in progress the investigation. In 2014, newspaper article on the case's fifth anniversary, Don expressed her theory that Brittany had defined her by going to Myrtle Beach, that she had been promised something such as a modeling job. But Don believes that her daughter was trafficked. The Myrtle Beach police do not believe that this was a strong possibility because the little to no trafficking takes place in the, this jurisdiction, which makes me laugh because if you want to tell them the stats. Okay, so I looked up the stats to see if this would support what she said or if it would debunk, you know, like who was more accurate? Was the cops more accurate? Was the mom more accurate? 
And what I could find for South Carolina's human trafficking, or what I found on South Carolina's human trafficking page was the top the top five counties for South Carolina for human trafficking are Horry County, which is where Myrtle Beach is, Greenville County, Richland County, Dorset, and no, Charleston. Dorchester. Or Dorchester. Dorchester, Dorset, whatever. I think you said it wrong last time, the first time you tried to record it. Did I? And since 2007, these stats right here does not make sense to me. Maybe who I'm reading this or saying those two will understand, but I just, I just, no, no, I don't understand it. Since 2007. Okay, wait, maybe, maybe this is what makes sense. Like, maybe you know how they like came in contact with something uncomfortable and like suspicious. Is this number? Okay, maybe. So, and the maybe the next one are the actual is, cases is like actual cases that they hadn't solved. And then the other two were maybe the victims that have been solved. Like if it was like a, a moderate, uh, like you're a moderate sex traffic. Oh, you're high. You was abused too much type thing. Maybe, maybe, or maybe it was they weren't long like they were busted within a couple of days and the other ones was like it took years to find okay but since 2007 a total con total contacts is 3147 total cases is 749 total victims moderate is 1127 total victims high is 1261 in June of 2016, the FBI, who were also involved in this case, announced at a news conference that they believed Brittany had been, had been killed shortly after her disappearance. She was abducted from Myrtle Beach and taken to the Georgetown area near where the cell phone pinged and possibly killed there. FBI has put up a 25000 dollar reward for any information in this case okay before me going on those three bottom numbers equal the top number i just did the math so the 3147 is the total of the other three well then that just confuses me even more no because it would be like the contacts that they found about and then they broke it down anyways back to Brittany. Two months later, the Post and Courier reported that the allegations based on the transcript from a bond hearing for Timothy Taylor, an inmate serving time in the state prison on unrelated charges. FBI agent Gurick testified that earlier that year, another South Carolina inmate, Taquan Brown, who had begun serving a 25 year sentence for manslaughter told him that in 2009 shortly after Brittany's disappearance he had gone to a visit a stash house a house where weapons and supplies are hidden to give money to Sean Taylor Timothy's father uh, Brown told the FBI agent he saw Timothy Taylor sexually abusing Brittany with others around he went to the backyard where he found Sean Taylor. 
As they were talking, Brittany ran from the house but was soon caught. Brown said he saw Timothy Taylor pistol whip her, takes her back inside the house where he heard two gunshots, which he assumes she was being killed. Brown claims to have seen a rat body being removed from the house, which was then dumped into the alligator ponds in the area. Brown's statement to investigators was partly correct by, I'm sorry, Brown's statement to investigators was partly confirmed by information received from another informant. According to the second inmate, Timothy Taylor had picked up Brittany in Myrtle Beach, took her to his friends to show her off, and tried to sell her for trafficking purposes. But when the case drew heavy for media attention, Timothy decided to kill her to avoid arrest. But don't you think killing somebody Mm -hmm. would cause for more of an arrest and longer sentence? Just a little. In March 2008, Myrtle Beach News reported that nine months earlier, as a part of his plea bargain, Timothy agreed to take a lie detector test, which he failed. The only thing that he admitted having involvement with was overheard part of an argument two people over who had her cell phone. But when Timothy was connected to the lie detector test, They asked whether he had seen Brittany after her disappearance or if he knew who was involved. The examiner determined that he was not being truthful. Under the plea agreement that he would be faced to at least 10 years in prison, um, role in the 2011 robbery at McDonald's. After reviewing the results with his lawyer, the examiner Attempted to continue the test, but Timothy was too angry to do so. Before the sentence hearing was scheduled, Timothy violated the terms of his bail and was being held in Charleston County Jail. Six months later, Judge Norton sentenced him to time served 319 days. In February 2019, Tyquan Brown gave a telephone interview to Rochester News Station from a Cormac Correctional Institution where he had, where he is currently held at. He said that he actually had seen Brittany four times after her disappearance in addition to the first encounter. Brown said he had seen her again a month later and that It was at that time she was killed. The first time Brown said that he saw Brittany was April 27th, two days after her disappearance. She was in the stash house with a group of eight to 12 young men and was being sexually assaulted. He also recalled that she had a black eye. He did not recognize her at the time, but realized who she was a month later. His second encounter with her came a few days later. This was at the event that he had described to the FBI with gunshots inside of the building and the body being carried out with a rug. Brown said that he had seen her again five days later. At this time, 
he had driven to Jackson Barrow, 80 miles south of the stash house, to show a cousin the car that he had just bought. At his cousin's house, he saw her. So she's just popping up everywhere he is, mm-hmm. even like 80 miles away. Brown claimed to have seen her for the last time in late May, once again on his cousin's property while visiting with another friend. According to Brown, Brittany was near the rear property line in the wooded area with a group of men around her. As they walked by a guy named, a guy Brown knew named as Nate shot her twice with a double barrel shotgun. Brown and his friend left immediately, fearing being considered as accomplices if they had remained. WHEC was able to confirm some of Brown's account. His description of the stash house matched the station's own description from the visit in 2016. His accounts of the second visit when he believed that Brittany had been shot is consistent with his original story that he told the FBI. The station was unable to locate the friend whom Brown said his cousin. Okay, I'm trying to read this correctly because I didn't understand it the last time. The station was unable to locate the friend whom Brown said his cousin who owns the property where she was where it was supposed to be where he was killed where she was killed where she was killed as in so brown's cousin had died since she has been killed yeah his cousin who owned the property where she was killed at has since died okay brown and i don't know if that death was like a fishy death or if it was like natural causes or I couldn't or, talk more about that. Or what it was. Yeah. Brown has filed a lawsuit against the FBI agents whom he said identified him publicly or played a role in doing so. By them doing this gave him a reputation as a snitch and to put his life in danger because snitches get stitches and wind up in ditches. Yeah, they do. Brown says that Timothy has offered $15,000 to anyone who kills him and that has already been assaulted. That makes no sense to me. (laughs) Brown has put a hit on Timothy and said he'll pay this amount if anybody kills him. And people's already tried to attempt to assault him. They haven't killed him yet, but they have assaulted him. So he's he's doing a murder for hire basically he said if anybody can kill this mug i got you and this is how much you give but just so far nobody has been successful in killing old timothy gotcha so how about you tell them how they can help okay so how you can help. Brittany's family has set up a website where people can go get updates, provide tips, participate in vigils, visit Help Find Brittany Drexel. You can also download Brittany's Missing Persons poster to help spread the word about Brittany. 
Thousands upon thousands visit Myrtle Beach each year, and it's important to keep Brittany's name and face out there. Because as they always say, <laughs> someone knows something. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, could not finish that last sentence. And I think it's because it's like, we're so close. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm so and sleepy. So high, yeah. And so sleepy. This is me working third shift. <sighs> You would not so, think it was a third person right now. No, with me saying, hey, are you ready to record at nine o'clock? And you're like, huh? <laughs> and you were like, oh, and yesterday would have been perfect to record. Today I have a headache. I had my child projectile vomiting, which you'll probably hear again in February. That's the same, <laughs> the same time that we recorded both of these episodes but well because the one that we record other one that comes out in february comes out this week also or came out monday in our patreon and if you're not a patreon member you won't get to hear that episode until february so that's why hopefully in february she's not sick again but that's that's what that is yeah. So are you ready for our dum dum? Yes, because you came up with this one like a couple of days ago, right? Oh, I couldn't find that one again. Oh, well, you were like laughing uncontrollably, and I was kind of like, Did I never get to tell you that one? No. <laughs> okay. I don't remember exactly. I'll tell you what that <laughs> one is, too. I don't remember exactly what all happened or whatever but it said florida man attaches electrical wire to penis was like the headline and i don't know why he attached electrical wire to his penis i don't know if it was like shocking his penis but yeah that that's the extent of that one that i was like constantly laughing about but i didn't read like anything in the article yet so there's like a spectrum of the dum-dums that i do and dum-dums that you do (laughs) yeah there is okay so this one would be one that you would do this is this is a slightly boring i guess for me but this is kind of funny so florida woman mistakes 37 weeks of pregnancy for bad chinese so it says, what? yeah, a Pensacola woman gave birth and gave the term food baby a new meaning over the weekend. Woman wakes up around 4 a.m. with stomach pains and had to run back and forth to the bathroom and bedroom multiple times for an hour. And she said, I had Chinese food the night before. I figured I had possibly got food poison or something like that. She was pregnant, going into labor, in pain, and she just thought she had a food baby. So she she didn't know she was pregnant and she was 37 weeks? I guess not. I guess she didn't blow up in the belly till she had that Chinese food. And she's like, oh, I thought I was just a food baby. Oh, my gosh. 
I knew like super duper early. And I mean, no, you really couldn't tell me till I was super duper far along, but <laughs> look at your screen. It's my glasses. <laughs> Gosh, my head hurts. All right. So, so um, if you love us, we're, you can find us on Facebook at <laughs> If you want to see a picture of Tara's eyeballs just floating around, go to TCWI Discussion Group. Did you take a picture of it? No, Chip, but I'm about to. <laughs> <laughs> now you see your face. Go back a little bit. <laughs> oh, it's blurry because it's live. All right. Okay. All right. Anyways, and you can find us on our instagram page which is tcwi underscore podcast underscore and our patreon page because you totally took over instagram <laughs> is <laughs> patreon backslash the crimes we're into or you can go to the link on our website which is the crimes we're into dot com and that's it it's time for bed it's time for bed time for nutty night some people be listening to this at 8 a.m. being like, nope, it's time to go to work. No, it's time to go to bed. It's time to go to bed. So see, talk see to you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye. See ya.